0: Welcome to the Mindful Personal Training Podcast with Dr. Clint Cepeda. Dr. Cepeda will discuss all the issues you face when losing weight, creating effective exercise design, and training with intensity. Dr. Cepeda is a health and exercise science researcher specializing in obesity program design, and mindful behavioral changes. Be sure to stop by drclintcepeta.com for more information. And now here is Dr. C. Thank you. Thank you so much. Once again, welcome to Mindful Personal Training with Dr. Clint Cipeda. That'd be me on the mic on the ones and twos. We'd like to thank Orlando, Florida for the latest downloads. We, we thank you guys so much. Once again, very humbled. Uh, for you guys to uh, at least be a part of our world so we can be a part of your world. So thank you to those guys down in the Sunshine State. This week, we are looking at small muscle groups versus big muscle groups. That's a a little debate that people like to have uh, outside of the fitness world and the health and wellness world and the exercise sports science world. Uh, For those of you guys that are in the know, we do understand the big muscle groups versus the small muscle groups. And the common scientific uh, base out there is that you want to have big compound movements and I'll get into that in a little bit but the small muscle groups we're thinking about uh, identifying them such as the biceps and the triceps otherwise known as your arm and calves are a small muscle group as well comparatively shoulders are a small muscle group although they can grow to exponential sizes and that is a great muscle group to work with as far as biceps triceps shoulders and calves they're great However, those are show muscles. That's what we like to call them show muscles, because those are the first things that you'll see in a shirt tank top where it's the summertime. That's the thing where you can wear a nice, good tight tank top for the fellas and a flowing uh, a tank top, I guess, for the ladies and for the calves. It's, I mean, that's the first piece of leg that uh, most people will see if you're wearing shorts and of course the bicep and triceps, that's uh, guns and funny in the sun for the fellas and for the ladies, they want good, nice, tight and toned arms. So those are small muscle groups comparatively versus your big ones, chest, back, and legs. Now, we want to kind of always highlight the benefits of everything that you can get uh, some sort of positive reinforcement from, whether it's a small muscle group or a big muscle group. However, when we talk about the best benefits and what you should concentrate and have your foundational exercise platform on, uh, probably big muscle groups are where you need to concentrate first. Small muscle groups won't be there, but you need to concentrate on the bigger ones. So we'd like to break it up once again in, in a, kind of an outline style. Why that uh, most people like the arms and the shoulders, and I touched upon that briefly. And big is where it's at. And then finally, small muscle groups are just an afterthought. And you're looking at it being an afterthought that that is the benefit when you do the above two correctly. So let's start with why we like arms and shoulders, because they look good. They look great. You know, it shows shows that you do something with your body. And, you know, in some circles, if you have big shoulders and big arms, you can have a, a you know, kind of protruding belly and not really, and hide your legs and people think you're in shape. And of course, for those with a keen eye, that's not even true. It looks like you concentrate on just the show muscles and that's great. Now, when you're looking for overall wellness and you're looking for overall overall exercise activity that'll make you good and aesthetically pleasing and strong and athletic, you have got to hit the big muscle groups. And although shoulders and arms are great muscles to work on and they're fun, they're not necessarily the fat burning machine tool that you need to help you get a larger amount of muscle tissue on on your skeletal frame versus lowering that that fat tissue and that adipose tissue underneath that skin. You want to concentrate on the bigger muscle groups because they require more energy to activate. The more energy you use, of course, the more calories we're going to burn and whatever your caloric content is, we want to hit those carbohydrates and we want to hit that fat uh, as energy sources, depending on your activity and what you're trying to accomplish. But either way, you do want to concentrate on the bigger muscle groups because they do require more energy. They do require more calories and, and, and great dense nutrients to keep them going. Plus, with the big muscle groups, the legs, the back, and the chest, whether you're a male or female, it is beneficial for both. It does not matter because it helps in every athletic performance. Now, if you're a baseball player, strong shoulders, great. Great definitely football player. You do want that big chest to push. So you're pushing people off you and anything that has to do with explosive running or plyometrics, you want big hamstrings and you want big quads to stabilize that knee and that lumbo-pelvic hip complex to propel you forward and faster and make better agility moves and have a better speed uh, quotient when you're doing side to side movements, when you're doing up and down movements backwards, 180 degree jumps. Now, If you are one of those that do bicep curls in the mirror and that's the first thing you do, I wouldn't do that. Because all you're doing is stimulating the forearm and you got some bicep action and that's it. If you're trying to warm up for a chest day, why would you do bicep curls? Same thing would be would, you know, when you're trying to do a leg day or shoulders, why would you do bicep curls? That has one has nothing to do with the other. Now, if you're gonna do it as a last Exercise set, I can understand that if that's your, you know, that's your design. However, when you are looking at the debate versus big muscle groups and small muscle groups, you have to use the compound movements that require multi-joints to lift the weight efficiently, strong, and using as much maximum potential you have in your cellular frame for those muscle fibers to have the impact you want. That doesn't happen with the bicep curl. It does happen with the clean and jerk. It does happen when you do a power clean. That does happen when you have a deadlift, a squat, to some degree, a standing military press. Those are multi-compound movements, multi-joint movements. It takes more than one movement to get your body moving and to move in a direction where you activate as much muscle fibers as possible. A bicep curl does not do that. Neither does a tricep pushdown. They're very small muscle groups. Now, I did mention that shoulders are a small muscle group as well. The deltoid head is a small muscle group. However, I threw in there the standing military press or standing press. When you do that, it's way different than doing a seated dumbbell press or a seated uh, press, whether it's a hammer strength machine or you're using some sort of machine that has the bar in front of you and you're sitting down and you can strictly concentrate on those shoulders. Now, what I'd like to define is that with those multi-compound movements, you're usually kind of standing up. Deadlift, you're standing up to get prepped, whether it's a trap dead bar, clean and jerk, same thing. You're grabbing and snatching something from the ground, but you have to stand up. Standing military press or a clean and press, you're standing up. So of course you're using the legs, although you don't feel like you're using them. You are using your legs to stabilize you. So the legs are turned on. The core and the lumbar region have to be strong enough to have a strong spine and a strong core region to lift up from the ground up in a nice, good, efficient movement, not having an arched back that looks like a cat. And then finally, then you actually reach the actual end of the press or pull. But you have to do that while turning on all the other muscle groups to get to the one movement that you're trying to get to. A tricep, won't, a tricep pushdown won't do that. A bicep curl, no matter how heavy the, the curl is, won't do that. A seated shoulder press or dumbbell press won't do that. So the big muscles are where it's at, but to activate the big muscles, you have to understand that it does take some sort of journey to other muscle groups to get to the one that you're trying to attack. And that's why with the big muscle groups, chest, back, and legs, you can create a body that by default and design you will have better looking arms, triceps, and shoulders because to get to the other parts, you got to travel to the big ones first. And the small muscle groups are a natural benefit after that. Try doing a clean and press from the ground. Although our actual movement is we want a power movement for the shoulders to get there, that lower back is activated, that gluten hammy is activated, the legs are activated for stability, the forearms are activated because you got to clean it right in front of you underneath that chin. And then triceps for the push and then shoulders for the press. So there is a lot of moving parts there. But that actually requires more energy and more effort than just seating, sitting down in a seated bench and pressing dumbbells. Not taking away from it. You can absolutely use that. But if that is your bread and butter for you to get bigger shoulders, I, I just don't see you doing it more efficiently than doing a, you know, standing clean and press and then hitting the dumbbells at after that. Although they're two similar exercises, you would benefit more from that standing clean press versus just doing a seated dumbbell press. You have to know how your body moves and not really focus on what you're trying to accomplish at the end movement. Let me explain. I wanted to do shoulders, and I keep using that example because it is a good example to use when you turn around and you have somebody who wants to press dumbbells from a seated position at 70 pounds, 50 pounds, or whatever. All they're really utilizing, you take the legs out of it so the legs aren't activated, they're seated down. You got definitely tricep activation, deltoid activation, and then probably forearms to stabilize. And I mean, I can argue if you do it right, you've got some latissimus dorsi working to stabilize. But count how many muscle groups you have there that are being activated versus you standing up and in cleaning and pressing that from the ground up and the amount of effort it takes. Versus one rep of that and maybe one or two reps of a seated dumbbell press. You exert way more energy from standing up than you would seated sitting down. Because of the big muscle groups. You want to be depleted. You want to have as much much, uh, energy explosion and depletion as possible. To get the benefit of a leaner, stronger body. Getting into these fat energy reserves, carbohydrate reserves. Having a leaner body because now you got some cardiovascular activity happening. You don't get cardiovascular activity happening from sitting down. An argument could be made for a recumbent bike, but that's not what we're talking about. Utilize as much tools as possible. Get there the harder, longer way than doing a shortcut way. We believe in working hard, not through just effort, but take the harder road. It makes you a better person. Take the challenge, makes you a better athlete. Moving around like that in a manner that requires more effort will always have the best benefit than sitting down and doing the show muscles and the curls for the girls, pushing on the tricep push down. So you can see that tricep pop out, which you're really not even working all three heads, by the way, or doing the seated row, or excuse me, the seated press. You have to open up your protocols. There is something to be said that If you are having one of those days where I just don't have the energy and I do need to do the seated row, that's okay. Or seated press. You have to use exercises on a pick and choose basis. You pick and choose what you want to do that day and benefit from it. But if your single program design is based on a lot of sitting down, a lot of movement that just requires you to push the weight then your benefits aren't going to be explosive as somebody who wants to clean and press, deadlift, power clean, standing military press, deadlifts, bent over rows. It takes more effort in those big muscle groups than the small ones. And adopting the idea that big is where it's at, I'm talking big compound moves. I'm not talking about heavier weight or trying to be a bigger person. I know sometimes I have to be clear. I'll get some emails saying that, did you mean this? No, I mean this, and I'll tell you what I mean. Big is where it's at in terms of compound exercise movements that require multiple, multiple, multiple joint movements. And the energy expenditure is more than just the end result. Try doing a deadlift at 225 10 times, taking a break for 30 seconds, knock out another eight, same weight, take another. Break again, 6 and 5, a 6 and 4 and 2 and work your weight down. That's the just a simple deadlift, right? Then what I want you to do is see if you can go ahead and do a dumbbell press, same weight, and do the same number. Tell me how fatigued you would be. As a matter of fact, maybe that's your homework for this week. Grab a deadlift, go ahead and pick a number that you want and pick a weight that you're comfortable with. It doesn't have to be heavy, maybe a moderate weight, right? And then do exactly what I just said. Do a 10, take a break, do an eight, take a break. Do a six, take a break and do a four. Maybe your break is, I'll give it 20 seconds between each set. Now take a seated dumbbell press, do the same exact thing and see where you feel more tired, more beneficial. You feel a little bit more exhausted and that you've turned on more muscle fibers and more muscle groups. Tell me, you know, you can just send an email and say, yeah, you were right and I enjoy being right don't we all? But I'm right. Not because of me, because look at the actual foundations and the principles and the exercise that is attached to it. Now, what I will give you is if you do concentrate on that dumbbell for the seated dumbbell and you are pressing it, you'll feel more of that nice rounded shoulder feel more of that shoulder burn. Yeah, you're absolutely right. But you're limiting yourself to that one area. Whereas if you do the deadlift, now you got hammies involved. We got some calves a little bit there. Definitely some quads. Core, lower back, biceps for the pull. Got some shoulders for stability. Forearms, definitely. So your benefit and your cost benefit analysis for that is the cost is, yeah, it's a little bit heavier. Yeah, I'm standing up. I'm not as rested. And yeah, it takes more effort, but look at the benefits rather than sitting down and doing presses or pulls now for the seated row i mean that's a pretty good exercise but you should allow yourself for a pull-up the seated row is a linear movement one line one pull now a pull-up is a linear movement as well however your linear is going to the air versus gravity now it's a little bit more difficult whereas that seated row is parallel to the ground so you don't have the gravity factor the pull-up is a, one of those other exercises, much like the push-up, where body weight is enough, and if you can knock them out perfectly and it's not a pull-up where you're using momentum to bring yourself up, you're actually following the line and using that gravity and those that grip strength, forearms, you do get a good benefit, but it, not a lot of people like to do pull-ups because it is harder than a seated row. Seated row, you sit down. Nothing's pressing on you. It's a linear movement that's parallel to the ground. It's easier to pull. That's why you can feel like you can pull 210 pounds. Take the selectorized pin and go maybe 220, 180, whatever. But taking a look at the pull-up as a multi-joint, again, compound movement, although there's no weights involved, you got a lot of joint factors moving there. Okay? Got some elbow joint. Definitely got the Shoulder. And if you know how to do it right, you got to keep that lumbar secure and not swing back and forth and back and forth. And you got to be tight. So big is where it's at. Shell muscles are great, but it's an end result using the bigger muscles and compound movements. The small group and the small muscles are just an afterthought. Now, if you're getting into hypertrophy and bodybuilding and aesthetically trying to be confident that way, then I can get your training. I understand it. I've been there. But if you want to be an athlete or you want overall changes in your body composition that looks like you work out, but you're not trying to compete for something you want to be healthy, leaner, maybe a little bit more defined, but strong as well, big muscle groups are definitely where it's at. And the reason why the small muscle groups we touched upon that earlier as an afterthought is because it, it they're just more of, you get the prime mover muscles, which are the big big boys, and they're there to help you, the biceps and the triceps and the shoulders. So when you're, you're doing a heavy compound movement like a bench press, even though you are laying down, that does take multi-joints, you need some strong shoulders and some strong triceps. They help you. Same thing with a, a deadlift and even with the seated row and a, and a pull-up and even how you depend where you hold the grip on that pull-up bar. The biceps and forearms are small muscle groups, but they need to be trained as well and they'll help you with the big muscle groups. So while you're concentrating on those big compound movements, the small muscle groups are still getting a workout. You don't have to necessarily isolate them and work on that. Specifically, I'm doing this curl, easy curl bar, straight bar. I'm going to do hammer curls and that's my set and I'm doing eight to 12, three sets. That's if you're bodybuilding. And even at that, you're probably doing a little bit more. If you're trying to train as an athlete, we're not training as a bodybuilder. And I think the majority of people that enter gyms and, and they see around, you know, they just think that, okay, I'm going to do isolated movements because that's what I see, that's what people do, that's what I know. But at the same time, they're not losing weight. They still look exactly the same. And even if they concentrate on the small muscle groups, the small muscle groups don't help you burn fat 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I mean, I'm sure you don't want the body where the arms look great and you still have a pot belly, small legs, and you have to wear pants all the time, or you don't like to wear shorts. Be confident in your body. Don't pick and choose what you want to look good with. I just want to do a bicep, man. I love chest. I want to go ahead and lift the world. Yeah, you you look you look very odd. Squat, man. Deadlift, power clean. And then at the end, if you've got enough energy and you you feel like you want to rock and rock and roll with four sets of bicep curls and different varying degrees of grips, then go for it. You get a good pump out of that. I get it. But if you're doing that at the beginning of your workout, or you're doing that as it's just arm day, oh man, I got I got biceps and triceps today. That's it? That's all you're going to do? That's it? Okay, wow. You officially burned 20 calories. Rather than going, you know what, I, I, we're going to power clean, we're going to deadlift. Then when I'm doing all the major multi-compound movements, Then I'm going to do some tricep pushdowns because my triceps are on fire after pressing that standing. It's 135 pounds above my head. I'm doing 12 reps. My triceps are ready to go. And now, and now I can isolate them. Now I can go and train the biceps after pulling on a seated row and deadlift. Now after the pull-ups, I can do biceps because they're ready to go. That I can understand. I can fly with that. But when I see you walk into the gym and you go straight dumbbells and right in front of the mirror, and let me just start curling. For what? So you can get your forearms warm. You want a good grip. Anybody in their right mind who has a basic knowledge of exercise science and foundational principles with that and how to change your body composition, big muscles are always where it's at. You can't debate that the small muscle groups are going to outwork it. No, they're not. And as a matter of fact, the small muscle groups will tire out faster than the bigger muscle groups. Your small muscle groups are always your helper buddies. They are your helper buddies to help the big prime movers. They're synergistic. When you're doing a chest movement, anterior deltoid and your triceps are there to help out. But they're not your, they're not your, your main star. When you're doing a pull-up, it's your back. It's your lat. terrace major, terrace minor. But your forearm and your biceps are how you get there. And they're just your buddies. They just gave you the invitation. You're going to walk through and still party out. So if you ever, ever, ever want to start your workout with small muscle groups, you are going to make small changes. You want to make the big drastic changes in your body composition. Always go big. That's going to do it this week for Mindful Personal Training with Dr. Clint Cepeda. That's me, Dr. C. We appreciate all the support. And if you have any more questions, please do not hesitate to drop us a line. Stop by www.drclintcepeda.com. Cepeda, C-E-P-E-D-A. That gets misspelled all the time. We'll see you next week. Take care. Remember, stay healthy, stay well, and stay fit. Dr. Clint Cepeda has a research background in health science and exercise sports science with a focus in obesity and mindfulness. The statements made in this podcast are for educational and motivational purposes only.